What's up, everybody? My name is Mark Omar, and I truly thank you for listening to all my podcasts so far. And in this podcast, I'm going to have this amazing, truly awesome human being whose name is Eric Allen. And he has been podcasting for only short period of time. However, in that short period of time, he has accomplished a lot. And he's been able to interview the top level people in his industry along with other industries. For example, Ed Milet, which is, if you are ever in the motivational world, you know he is. He's probably the same level, if not just a little bit below, Tony Robbins. He's amazing, dude. And also Chris Benley, along with several, several other industry leaders. And I'm telling you all this wonderful thing, which is amazing. And he has, he has done amazing stuff. stuff. But what I wanted to tell you is all the stuff that he has done, that's not something that came easy to him. Wait until you hear his story. You're going to be truly blown away. And also, not to mention the fact, there's one tip in this particular podcast if that I personally just use to get the top level interview person that I wanted to be reaching out to it for a long time, but I wasn't able to. So finally, I when I was listening to William talking about well, how he got to all these top level podcasters to get on his podcast, I used the same technique and I got who I wanted. I'm really, truly thankful for it. And make sure you listen to that. You're going to be amazed with some of the stuff that he's going to share with you, especially his story, where he started and then where he is now. He's definitely on his way to the top level. So without any further ado, I introduce you to Eric Allen, my good friend. Awesome. Yeah, Mark, thank you so much for taking time and, and allowing me to be on your show. It's an honor, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my name is Eric Allen. I'm the, the owner of TopRatedMMA.com. Uh, we started out as an, as an apparel company in 20, uh, excuse me, 2007. It, no, I'm sorry, 2012. And, uh, and <laughs> then we launched our, our podcast in 2017, where I, I really just love talking to the up and coming fighters, finding out why they want to go get in a cage and get punched in the face. And then in January of this year, I launched another podcast called the Bearded Biz Show, where I really talk with entrepreneurs, world changers, success minded people, and really just trying to inspire and motivate people through their stories. And then my own story as well, just trying to encourage people that even through the yuck, even through the, the craziness of life, you can still get through it. You can still go through things and, and come out good on the other side. Tell me a little bit about your story. I'm curious. People, I know a little about you, about your stuff and your story, yeah. and it's a pretty amazing story. So tell the people who are potentially listening to this very first time. So how did you become who you are today? Yeah. You know, I grew up in this, this typical household, you know, parents were married. We went to Sunday, you know, went to church on Sundays and I'd go to Sunday school and I was that kid who brought GI Joe's in my pocket and kind of sneak away to the bathroom and hang out there. And, and, uh, but then my parents got divorced when I was 11 years old. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic, uh, wasn't physically abusive or anything like that. He was very quiet. And, um, you know, as far as I know, he never, you know, hit my mom or anything like that. But once my parents got divorced, my mom got together with a boyfriend uh, who was very physically abusive. So from about the age of 12 uh, until about 13 and a half years old, I watched my mom get beat up many, many times, um, you know, from getting hit in the head with cordless phones to just punches and moved me to Montana when I was 12 years old, away from my dad, away from family. 
And we lived on this five acre plot in the Bitterroot Valley there in Stevensville, Montana. And we rented this house and there was only a bedroom for my mom and her boyfriend, my younger brother who they had a, my mom and her boyfriend had a, a son together and then my sister. And so there was no room for me in the house. They actually built a room in the garage, not even built a room. They just put a plastic tarp in the garage and that half of the garage, it had a fireplace on it. That was my room. And so I would stoke up the fires to stay warm, have like eight layers of blankets on me at night. And of course, when that fire went out, it'd be pretty cold during those winters in Montana. But oh my God. Uh, yeah, wow. it was pretty, pretty crazy, man. Um, you know, and, and I remember like we had horses. I, I wasn't a big fan of horses, it, it, you know, just cause they were, a, they're a large animal to me, you know? And so right. uh, my mom and her boyfriend, I remember they went up to the mountains for a week and they left me at the house by myself you know, and I was 12, 13 years old and, and, uh, was like, well, I'm going to take advantage of this. I'll sleep inside. So I slept on the couch and I had this weird thing that like literally like woke up in the middle of the night and felt like somebody was staring at me. And I sat up and I looked out the window and we lived on uh, highway 93 or something like that going right up through the bitter Valley. And I forget what the highway number is there, but, um, on the highway literally. And so I woke up and I look out the window and there's a, face of a horse staring at me at three o'clock in the morning they had broke out of the property of the fence and so I had to go and track down six horses in the middle of the night while I was trying to gather these back up and fix the fence and it was like for me that was like so scary (laughs) and you were uh, 12 years old and the first time you ever did this like wow yeah 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 yeah. it was crazy man um you know and I lived like I would go feed these horses and like part of our acreage was down in this hill into the creek and so behind where I would feed these horses, I'd be out there feeding horses and you would hear like mountain lions or cougars growling when I was out there and I would just throw the hay. So it was, it's like legit, like in the mountains, like craziness up there. So yeah, I kind of freaked me out a little bit there, but you know, I remember being home one night, it was about midnight and um, my mom and her boyfriend went out to go drink and, and go partying and I was brushing my teeth and, and uh, they came home arguing and yelling. I didn't really think anything of it it was the typical night uh, you know of them arguing and but something in my gut said no you got to turn around you got to look at this and so I looked down the hallway and down the hallway would be the kitchen and then the pantry and then to the garage doorway would go to my room and as I looked down the hallway I see my mom's boyfriend on top of her just punching her right in the face one after the other and I had to think like how am I going to get this dude off my mom and I'm 13 years old at this time. Right. And the first thing that came to my mind was to grab one of those steel cast iron, uh, one of those cast iron pans that you would take camping, the heavy duty ones. Right. And I played baseball for 10 years. I got a pretty good swing. So I just went up to him behind him. He didn't see me. I snuck up and I just swung as hard as I could. Boom. Right in the back of his head and saw his head split and it didn't knock him out. He turned around and he was like, what the f- and as he was saying that, I took another swing, okay. boom, right on his forehead. And I split his face open. Oh, my and, God. Um, and I remember at that second swing, I hit so hard that I fell over and he stood up. Blood was coming down his face and he started to yell. And my mom came out of nowhere and she lands like six punches in a row on his face and blood splatting on the wall behind him and just craziness. And, um, you know, where we lived. I had called the police before I ran down the hallway to do that. And it took them about 25 minutes to get there. My mom never pressed charges though of any of the times the police came. I mean, I I lost track of how many times they came to our house. So I grew up in this craziest household. You know, I left Montana after that 
and I went to live with my dad back in Washington state and my dad and I had this strange relationship. He rented a house for me and him mm -hmm. and my, this is my sophomore year of high school. And so he rented a house for him and I, and then he went and stayed the night at his girlfriend's house every night. He basically lived there. He'd throw $20 in a cup for me. And that was my lunch money for the week. And I wouldn't see my dad for months at a time. I would just live in this house. And so my house was kind of this party house. I became the, the, the party guy, I became the, the drug addict at an early age where I was smoking a lot of pot. And then I was doing hash and opium and acid and mushrooms and, you know, all of that just in high school. And, um, yeah, man, just live this crazy life. And, and I think part of it was, um, you know, being in that environment, being around people that were also similar, like minded, like the guys I hung around in high school, they, they all wanted to do that as well. Right. But for me, I wanted to do it. And then I was like, Oh, I'm going to move to Seattle and I'll get away from this. And it just made it worse when I got to Seattle. Right. Cause then I was started to drink. I was 21 years old, living in Mon or living in Washington, living in Seattle and got in the music business, lived this rock star lifestyle for two years where I was going to free concerts and having an open tab behind, you know, two, three concerts a week for a full two years. And yeah, man, it was just kind of a craziness, man. Um, and then I was working at Starbucks at night after I got laid off from the music business and a girl who does not drink coffee said, invited me to this church event. Uh, they said, Hey, you know, it's no big, no pressure. Just come out and hang out. It's kind of, kind of a fun time for college age folks like yourselves to just come hang out. So I went and helped her out. And that was a couple of weeks before Easter. And then um, Easter morning, I woke up after a night of party and I was surrounded by about 15 guys that were all passed out. And I literally felt God say, man, you're done. And I, I quit cold turkey, drinking, smoking, cigarettes, uh, everything right there that morning. And I gave my life to Christ in the basement of that by myself uh, to Christ, gave my life to Christ that morning in that basement. And I called this girl who had invited me to that church thing and said, Hey, I just want to say happy Easter. Um, hopefully we can hang out again or hang out sometime. And I got her voicemail and, um, man, three months later we were dating a year later we were married. And now we've been married for close to 15 years, uh, oh, wow. in 2020, man, we have two awesome kids and we're breaking these chains of addictions and we're breaking these chains of divorce. And, and man, it's, it, we're letting our kids live this life uh, that we weren't able to, because she comes from a pretty crazy background of a family as well. Right. Oh, wow. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's a, I think that's a good introduction. We could just close it off now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Sorry. Yeah. It was a crazy life, but I wouldn't trade it, man, for anything. Cause it made me the person I am today. I understand. Like, you know, you go to the craziness to realize what you don't want. Yeah. So, and then you go the opposite direction, get the things that you actually want. So I right. completely understand. So tell me how you get into this MMA thing. Yeah. You know, it was, it's funny cause I had a cousin who lived in this small town in Washington called Prosser, Washington. And okay. even as a young kid in elementary, you know, I would never let my kids do this, but like, you know, first grade, second grade, we would go walk through the town, like a mile and a half into town mm -hmm. at first and second grade. And we'd go down to the VHS store and we would go rent UFC one and UFC two and go watch this stuff at his house. And I just like at a very young age, I was always intrigued by fighting and Bruce Lee and karate. My dad always played ninja movies, you know, as a kid and, and uh, Kung Fu movies. And, and so I always had this drive or this, this intrigueness about, you know, 
fighting and combat sports. And, and so my wife and I were sitting around in 2012 and we said, how can we get into this environment of, uh, of the MMA world? And my wife actually came up with the idea of doing an apparel, but there were so many apparel companies at the time. There's like tap out and all these other companies coming out there. So we say, how do we be different? And so we actually came out as the one, I think we were one of two or one of three, 100% American made MMA apparel companies at that time. And it blew up way faster than we were expecting. Um, you know, which was a good thing and a bad thing, right? My name got out there, but we didn't have the budget to continue to grow. And uh, so we actually, you know, I was getting calls from UFC fighters, management team, like Jeremy Stevens saying, hey, can you sponsor Jeremy Stevens? Well, yeah, sure. How much do you want? Well, $10,000. I'm like, well, I started this company with five, so I don't really <laughs> have the money to do that. And uh, so, you know, when we, when we launched at an event out in Olympia, Washington, and we, nobody knew who we were. Here's our very first event. We actually hired or paid a UFC fighter. It was on the ultimate fighter show, John Prince Albert to be a, a sponsor for us. We paid him 500 bucks uh, to come and wear our gear for this opening event. So everyone's like, who's top rated May? And then all of a sudden here comes John Prince Albert from the UFC and he's wearing all of our gear. We sponsored the main event and everyone's like, Whoa, these guys are awesome. And so we kind of like, I sold out all my shirts and, or for the majority of them. And uh, man, we just, we've involved. There's been excitement up and down through the years. And then in 2017, I launched this podcast because I really wanted to understand the fighter's mindset. Why do they want to get into the cage, man? What made them decide to do that? And I've heard stories from like, well, I want to do it because I love fighting too. I got out of prison. I can't get a job and I want to fight so I can support my family. Right. And, and that's really been fun for me to hear that. And so that's how we, we started, man. And, and it's been a fun journey. Here we are seven years in. And, and uh, like I said, the, the company has changed in regards to where we're at apparel wise. We still sell apparel, sell apparel, but the podcast has really been this drive for us over the last couple of years. So, so tell me about this podcast thing. Like uh, how did you initially come up with the idea? Meaning like, okay, this is something I want to try it out first of all. And second of all, how did you go about creating the first podcast like what was your mind so let's start with how did you come up with an idea like like yeah what inspired you you know it was funny i i was sitting around because i worked remote my full-time uh -huh. job is a, a remote position so i work from home and my wife and i we've never had a room until about a year ago for me to have my office so i worked out of our closet our walk-in closet as my <laughs> office for work and my first almost hundred episodes of my podcast were done in a walk-in closet. And, um, but I, so I was sitting around going, man, I, I think it'd be cool to talk to these fighters. And I didn't know who to reach out to, how to reach out to fighters, but I knew one guy, his name was Alan Horwich and he lived in England and he got me my first sponsorship as top rated May back in 2012. And I said, Hey, that guy competes in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Maybe he'd be a guest on my show just to help me get started. And so I reached out to him. I'd never talked to him ever in five years of knowing him online. We mm -hmm. just connected in there. Um, and so it was cool. He was like, yeah, absolutely. So we came on I, extremely nervous. I didn't know equipment. I was using the, the camera that was built in on my laptop. I was using the microphone that I bought a blue mic, which actually I still use today. Um, off of Amazon, it really had no idea what I was doing. I'm not looking at the camera at all. I'm looking at the screen. So the first three or four episodes, I have no idea, uh, you know, how to edit. I know I have no idea how to where I should be looking. And so 
I just had this idea that like, man, I really want to just get to know these fighters, get to understand them a little more. And the more I did it, the more research I looked at, the more people I started following online that were already doing podcasting, it gave me more, more ideas of like, Hey, maybe I should upgrade this or upgrade that. So now I'm, you know, a little bit more, I, I you know, I have studio lights. I have a, a Canon EOS T5i camera and I'm in my own room now. And so it's kind of nice to not be able to touch the walls on both sides when I stretch my arms out. Right. But, uh, um, yeah, man, it's, it's been a fun journey and, and podcasting has really become a passion of mine to just, I love building relationships. I love getting to know people. And so to be able to do that for my podcast and, and I've talked to you over, I've done 150 shows and I've talked to people in almost, almost every state in the U S including, uh, and then also, uh, the UK and, um, uh, Canada and I think, yeah, the UK and, and uh, Canada and U S. So I've talked to over 150 fighters right now at this point. Holy cow. And how long have you been doing this? Like in terms of podcasting, podcasting wise, my first show came out in August of 2017 and I started doing like one a month and then okay. I got really busy, um, over the last year. And okay. so I, I started focusing on a lot of the local fighters where I'm at, where I'm in, in North Idaho. So I started talking with fighters that were in, uh, same area as myself or Seattle area or Montana. And then I was like, I got this idea. Well, maybe I should talk to a male and female fighter from every state. Right. So I'm still on this quest to do that. I'm closing that out, but I'm, I'm still on this quest to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, so when I started this podcast, I, you know, I had no idea what I was doing, but it's, it's been a fun journey for sure, man. So speaking of the male, male mentality in terms of fighting wise, and then you got the female mentality, mm -hmm. being that you have talked to both both to both these parties, have you seen what the difference are, how they about, go about seeing the world in terms of fighting wise and how they train or how does that work? Just curious. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I think female MMA is exploding in the last couple of years. And I think it really started, a lot of people give Ronda Rousey the credit, but I think mm -hmm. Gina Carano was really the, the original MMA queen, right? And then Cyborg came on the scene and then Ronda Rousey kind of took it to another level. But I, I credit Gina Carano for being the, the big first time MMA female fighter out there. But, uh, you know, I, when I talk with female fighters and I talk with male fighters, the training is really the same. They, they, love to fight they love to compete they know that they're getting into a cage with somebody else that wants to hurt them physically right uh, but it's only while the cage door is closed it's rarely is it personal um it's very much a, a warrior mindset so i like to ask them what do what do you like to do before you go out to the cage are you nervous do you have fears come out you and a lot of them will say the same thing like I visualize the fight, whether I'm winning or whether I'm losing, but I visualize myself walking to the cage. I visualize the cage door locking and I visualize how it's going to go. A lot of visualization I think is done with fighters that are, are successful at it, you okay. know? Um, and I think that really helps. And, and you just, I think male and females, they're really the same. If you have these legitimate fighters, whether they're male or female, they're doing the same things. They're training hard every day. They're visualizing, they're keeping in shape. And the drive for them is to be successful in that role. And I've talked to everybody from amateurs who have just had one fight, you know, to female fighters that are in the UFC. And, and it's really the same when it comes to male, because they do tend to train each other. And I've talked to 
couples who actually both fight uh, that train together. And so it's funny or interesting, I guess, to ask them like, hey, how do you separate that personal relationship with the training yeah that, that'll be interesting if you get mad at each other you're a couple right. like what are you gonna do you're gonna go at each other in the middle of the grocery store <laughs> right right yeah yeah you know and it's i've heard both ways like i've I, you know one couple i talked to like we know that when we're in the gym we're in right. there to train and so they'll exchange punches and you know things like that but they don't take it like oh he's mad at me or she's mad at me and then i've talked to the people like hey we just know that you know, our personal relationship is the same as in the gym. We, we live in the gym, we, we play in the gym, we train in the gym. And so it's all the same for them. So it's kind of fun to, to do that. Okay. So how do you go about getting people to interview? Like, how do you decide this person is going to be amazing at interview because they have so much thing that I want to share for my audience. Like, how do you pick and choose your uh, interviewees? I guess you can call it. Or yeah, is there great. like a system to it or whatever? There's not. Like, I think there's all these people that they, they want to sell products and packages of like, hey, book these guests for your podcast. And they charge yeah. like a hundred bucks, yeah. or, you know, whatever, right? And I think it's the stupidest junk and crap out there that people want to sell these packages of teach you how to book guests for your podcast. Here's the secret. Okay. You just ask them. Like, um, I, I literally, it can't be that simple. <laughs> it, it literally is that simple. I, um, I've booked people on my MMA show from Ken Shamrock, UFC legend. I oh. literally sent him a message on LinkedIn and said, Hey Ken, I've got this podcast and my shows are on Skype and they're pre-recorded and they're maybe take 10 or 15 minutes of your time. I'd love to talk to you. You've got this promotion coming out called bare knuckle fight. You, you know, his, called valor bare knuckle boxing that's what he oh. just released there right okay i reached out to him i said ken would you mind coming out uh, coming on my show and it took him about 10 minutes and he sent me an email and he said hey here's my uh assistant reach out to her schedule something we'll make it happen and that's as simple as it is i book 99 percent of my guests through instagram messenger and i just shoot them an instant message and i say hey i love your story or hey you're a cool fighter would you love to come on my guest? And here's the thing is people want to promote themselves, people, especially if they're fighters or entrepreneurs. Like, you know, Sean Whalen is a great guy. He was one of my first big names on my Bearded Biz podcast. And I spoke to him and I, I kind of threw this Hail Mary out to him. Hey, Sean, I'm a nobody. I live in Idaho. Would love to talk to you on my show. I, I've only done two shows so far. Would you be interested in coming on? And he responded back with, hell yeah. And I was like, shut up. It's Sean Whalen. <laughs> right? You know, so. Wow. You know, um. And it's just, I, that's how it is. And I get a lot of ignores. I respond, or I mean, I send a lot of invites out to people that are just big names, right? Maybe right. people that might want to come on my show. Sure. I've sent a message to Tony Robbins. Like he's going to respond. He might, I don't know, but he's not, not going to, if I don't send him anything. Correct. So I'll just do it. And I sent messages to Ed Milet, you know, and I, I said, Hey, Ed, I know that you have a house out here in Coeur d'Alene where I live. Next time you're in town, I'd love to buy you a steak. Well, he didn't respond to that. But then a couple months later, he actually did respond to it and said, heck yeah, man, when I'm in town, let's do it. I'm like, this guy's worth $450 million. And he just told me I, I, I could go buy him a steak when he's in town. Wow. Yeah. And for that guy to take the time to respond to my message. Right. To do that. And he has a million followers on Instagram. And, and now I've actually had him on my show. 
uh, I actually spoke to him. I, I won his contest, his Max Out Community Challenge. He challenged all of his followers, a million followers, to submit a one-minute video of who they are, what they believe in. And I actually was chosen by him. I won his contest to speak with him on a phone call. So I got a 30-minute phone call, coaching call, just me and him. And it was the coolest thing ever. What did you learn? I'm just curious. <laughs> Man, <laughs> <you could> share. <laughs> yeah, of course, dude. Yeah. Okay. So he, he really talked about like my situation where I live in Coeur d'Alene, which is a great area. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're from California, don't move here. Um, but, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, so he said, you live in this area, Eric, that you're blessed with people who are worth 5 million to a billion dollars. And they live there two months out of the year. And he goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go. And here he gave me a list of five people. He's like, I want you to go tell them I'm a friend of Ed Milet. What can I do to support you and whatever they're doing? You know, and from all these contacts in town. So he gave me contacts to go out there, but he really said, look, man, you have to set your morning routines. He has a very strict morning routine. If you read his book called max out, you can actually get it for free. If you go and Google it, uh, and then put in the code max out. I think you just have to pay shipping, which is five bucks. Okay. And, but his book is amazing. It really goes into detail about how strong he believes in morning routines of waking up and hydrating and then exercising, spending time in prayer and visualizing. He does the cold shower every single day. Uh, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs do cold shower. I did it for the month of May this year and, and haven't done it since then, which I, I would actually love to get back into it. But, um, his morning routines are it's very, very, it's a, it becomes a habit, right? The more that you do it, it becomes a habit. So even on days where he's not feeling motivated or not feeling inspired to go and change people's lives or be a world changer, he has these habits that his body just naturally goes to. And so when those habits are in, it kind of helps him through that day. If he's just not, if he's feeling off or something like that. And so he, he's very much make sure that you have routines that are set that start your day off, right? Make your bed. As simple as that is, that will help you get a win right away. Here is a quick word from our sponsor for this particular podcast. Hey there, how are you doing today? I just want to give you an opportunity to see if your business and services can help our listeners who are entrepreneurs and small business owners who are looking to find ways or product or services which will help them streamline their business by saving them time, money, and more importantly, be more profitable. If that's something your business can offer to our listeners, you definitely get back to me or get in touch with me where I will share with you how you can sponsor this show. You can go to this URL, which is markkumar.com forward slash contact. There, just fill out a little bit of information about yourself and your business and we'll see if you and I are a perfect fit for this podcast. If you, we are a good connect, then you could definitely sponsor this. And I hope to talk to you soon. Take care. Now back to your podcast. I've just always been curious. I have a lot of people uh, listen to other podcasts or other people, famous yeah. people like they, they do like the morning shower colonists. What does it actually do for you in terms of mental wise? I guess that's because that's what it is. It's a mental switch on. Yeah. Like, yep. It's a, it's a shocker to the body. Okay. So, uh, the first thing it's going to do is it, 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 if you jump right into it, like don't ease into it. I think I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause you know, I live by a lake and so I love getting into the cold water. I love cliff jumping into glacier water and things like that. So I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, but the, 
a lot of people I think have a, has a hesitation because it's cold. I don't want to get into it, but what it's a mental strength thing. So if you can get in there and it's about controlling your breathing, because the first thing you're going to want to do is <gasps> like, right. And so right. If you control that breathing when you get into the shower and I even like, even Ed talks about this, but even doing it for 30 seconds, you know, or 15 seconds at first and then increasing to 30 and then increasing to one full minute of ice cold shower in the morning shocks your body so that you wake up very quickly. Uh, your mind is now refreshed. Your mind is ready to go for the day. Even more before you hit coffee, you're way more alert because you've just been shocked into waking up by that cold water. And so I think it's mentally, I think it just helps you prepare for the day. And again, it helps you wake up without having to go chug 34 ounces of coffee. Right? Like you can just get up and go, boom, you're awake. Uh, right. It's wake up very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I heard like cold shower, obviously coffee is not the most effective way to wake up. Like basically you just say, and also heard people like, Hey, you get up and do like one minute of a push up straight up, get the blow flowing all throughout your whole body and you know? all. Right. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Think, so go ahead. I was just say, I think like Tony Robbins has said, like he, cause he lives on the water. He actually has right. a house up here as well, but uh, you know, he's, he's even said like, he just gets up and he just jumps into the lake or he jumps into the ocean, you know, first thing in the morning. I'm like, man, that would be awesome. If I just, if I live that close to the lake, the water, I'd probably do the same thing. But. Right. Exactly. Like maybe <laughs> you, you'll get there one day, you know, at the rate you're going with all right. the success you're getting. So you'll get there. No, we're time. trying. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. So for people who are listening, who wants to get in the podcasting world, well, obviously your, so your story is like you started with in a closet where you didn't have enough room to extend your arm. So you basically <laughs> yeah. don't need a lot of uh, a, a big space and you can just start out with something basic like your laptop mic or you get another mic, stuff like that. Yep. And in terms of getting your uh, uh, people who you want to pop, interview you could just like you say it's really simple the secret is you just ask that's it you, <laughs> you just, just ask, ask man and, right and and also like you said if you don't ask you'd never know but right. the worst thing you could do is like say no okay whatever next person yep. yeah so how many people have actually said no and then you personally didn't take it personally you know yeah, it's a great question because I think a lot of times you people, they, they can take it personal, right? Like, well, that right. guy doesn't want to come on my show. Well, maybe they're just busy, you know, and I think like, and I talk about Ed Milet a lot and I talk about Tony Robbins a lot because those guys were the guys that inspired me to really started my, to start my, my podcast, The Beard of Biz Show, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm talking with these world changers. But they talk about when you ask somebody, hey, do you want to come on my show? Don't take it personal. Maybe they're just like too busy right but maybe like as you're first starting out it's really hard to go if my first podcast show is and i'm reaching out to tony robbins and saying hey tony i've never had a podcast before will you come on my show he's probably not going to come on there because it's not going to help him at all and not that it needs to be that way but you start out with smaller entrepreneurs you start out with somebody who might be up and coming in your local area or like sean whalen like that was a guy that i reached out to i'd followed him i had his book and I said, well, maybe he can do it. He's not like a super millionaire, but he does have millions of dollars, but his story is really cool. And so I think just starting at, you don't have to start at the bottom, but I'm saying, you know, reach for the stars, but hit some of those guys up in the middle on the way there. And it'll help you give, because then when you have these guys on your show, 
it kind of gives you some leverage for the next guest. Like, hey, I've had Sean Whalen on my show. I've had Ed Milet on my show. You know, I've had Chris Lieben from the USC on my show. And so people go, well, he's talked to those guys. Maybe it is worth my time to go talk with these guys or talk with them, right? right. And so I don't think it, it's never personal. I, I think, you know, I think it's just a, a scheduling or a busyness that they have. They have other things going on. They may not know who you are. And so, again, they're not going to want to just jump on somebody's show because they don't know you, right? But if you can right. show them that you're willing to work your way up to that, like start with local entrepreneurs or start with guys that you find that are like the up and comer entrepreneurs, I think it opens more doors. I've talked to, you know, the hardcore closer, Ryan Steuben, who is an amazing millionaire guy. He's got awesome books out there to a guy, a kid who's 14 years old. He started an eBay business on a farm in England and he made $30,000 his first year on a farm in England and the dude can't even drive and he sells toys. He started selling eggs to his neighbors and he bought a Nerf gun and then he refixed it up and sold that on eBay. And then the next thing you know, he's having pallets of toys sent to this farm and he ships them out. He gets off of school. He has 30 minutes to race home on his bike, package up the orders for the day and then race a half a mile to the post office before they close to get those orders out. I mean, that kid is a world changer. I mean, that just goes to show you like all these people who make these excuses. Oh, I don't have enough time. Oh, I can't do this X, Y, and Z. I mean, that yeah. example right there is like no excuse. Like, right. Period. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I think if you want it bad enough, yeah, you'll, you'll do find, it. Yeah. You'll find a way or you'll find oh, how to figure that out so you can find a way for that. So, Wow. Okay. My, my morning routine is really like Ed said, is, is kind of set me on this path. Right. So I wake up at 4am six days a week, man. Uh, and I wake up at four, I get in the shower, I come upstairs and I start working on my business. I reach out to guests. I respond to emails in the early morning hours and I start my full-time job at seven o'clock. Now, someday I'm not going to have this full-time job. My full-time job will be my podcasting, my business and speaking engagements and things like that. But right now it's what I have to do. It's my only time to work. And so what I've said before is my desire to be a world changer, my, my desire to be successful in my own business is bigger than my desire to sleep. Most nights I sleep five and a half to six and a half hours at night. I do that six days a week. Sundays I sleep in. I, well, I say sleep in, I just don't set the alarm. I'm usually up by 5, 15 AM and I'm right back to work again. Right. Yeah. Some days like when I on working on a project or doing something like there was one project that was, I was up for 41 hours nonstop just going oh. at it. Like <laughs> just going at it. Like, like, it's like when you, like you say, if you find it something that you are passionate about, yeah. sleep becomes irrelevant. Like, right. It exactly. becomes irrelevant. It's like, this is what I want and I could go on it. Uh, right like the, and there, the, there's a science like a, your body can go without a sleep for 48 hours non-stop go at it wow yeah it's pretty crazy stuff so yeah. all right so, let me ask you this so let's say i'm starting out right and you show you told me how if i don't really need amazing equipment or a lot of room or now i know how i can get clients and i mean not clients but what people who i can interview potentially become my clients later on and then Everything is going great. I'm going uphill, uphill, and then all of a sudden, I hit rock bottom, meaning I am demotivated. I don't know what I need to do. 
to come up with the podcast ideas. And in that situation, how do you go about solving that plateau? Because I think every successful person like yourself, myself and Tony Robbins and other people, they go to this thing because you, you're going to go uphill, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden hit plateau and then you don't know what to do. You get stuck. So how do you get unstuck? That's a great question, man. And, and I've been in that situation. I, like I said, top rate in May took off way faster than we had expected. Right. And I went through these times over the last seven years where I actually put my business up for sale. I was just oh, wow. done with it. You know, I was like, I, I'm not interested in it. I'm not doing anything with it. I'm not making money. I'm not changing the world with it, you know, and to get through that, it's tough. It really is. But here's the thing. And uh, like Ed and Tony have both said this, and I loved it to say it because it's so true that life happens for us, not to us. And so it, it's so amazing that if you see life that way, whatever the, if you're demotivated, man, start hanging around, start listening to podcasts that will motivate you like Ed Milet or Sean Whalen or the Beard of Biz show. Um, but, uh, you know, start listening to shows, start reading books. Now I was never a big book reader and I still, I need to get better. Uh, I try to read one book a month and, and I, again, I, I, I'm just not that I, I, <laughs> I should read more books than I do. Let's just say that. But, you know, so for me, it's about, you have to start forming those habits again. If you're down in this lull, you're not feeling motivated. You have to hang out with people, you know, that will lift you up. I like the idea or the, of if I'm, you know, feeling like temperature wise, if I'm a 98 degree and I'm hanging around guys who are in their fifties and 60 degrees in regards to motivation, my temperature is going to go down. But if I'm hanging out with guys who are 120 degrees, dude, I'm going to go up and I'm going to be lifted up and I'm going to start feeling successful, feeling motivated again. So you have to watch out with who you're hanging out with. You know, a lot of people that I connect with online, I make sure that people that I'm connected with are not negative people. I don't like negativity, right? So I, I, I like to hang out. I like to talk with people that, you know, are connected with people online that are positive mindsets all the time. Yes, I get that stuff happens. Yes, you know, your car is going to break down. You're going to stub your toe. You're going to get sick. But just know that you're going to get through this. Whatever the issue is, I've been through the crap in my life that I know that, you know, for me personally, I feel like God's got this plan for me to, to, change lives and whether that's through this podcast or that that's through my podcast or me meeting people in person like that's my idea like if if you're not if you're just not feeling motivated my my recommendation is start listening to podcasts start hanging out with people that are going to lift you up lift your spirit up people that will pray for you you know i meditate on good quotes uh from you know, Ed Milet and Tony Robbins and podcasts from Joe Rogan. And that stuff really gets me going and fired up every single day. Cool. Uh, and I will tell you, just piggyback on what you say about degree of temperature, whatever you definitely are like 120 degree. Uh, <laughs> you know, if people want to, if people get around you, you are definitely going to change them. So tell us if somebody wants to get around you, get to more about, learn to learn more about you. How do they go about connecting with you? Yeah, they can follow me on Twitter. It's just Eric G. Allen. It's E-R-I-K-G. 
like Glenn, and then Allen, A-L-L-E-N. Eric G. Allen is my Twitter handle and Instagram handle, so you can follow me both on there. And then beardedbiz.com, that's where all of my my successful entrepreneur, world changer, success-minded people broadcast go to. Topratedmma.com is my own personal site. But I love connecting with people, so if people want to connect with me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, I have the Bearded Biz page. Uh, I don't like to flood people's timelines on, on Facebook. I like to post once or twice a day, maybe. Uh, but when I do post, I make it meaningful. I make it a, an extremely good quote that I've really looked for and found that I thought was really great. And I share that with people. And I don't like to blow people up on Facebook, but I do like to encourage people. And so if people want to connect with me, Bearded Biz on Facebook, Top Rated MMA on Facebook, or Top Rated Mixed Martial Arts is the actual Facebook page there. And then on Twitter and Instagram, uh, both Eric G. Allen and Top Rated MMA. Awesome. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are going to go right to it because the level of your energy, not just regular energy, but positive energy <laughs> is very contagious. It's like, how can you not be in this positive state of mind when you're hanging around with you and seeing all the things that you do? So I'm like, I highly encourage if you listen to it, definitely check them out. And then uh, you're definitely going to be like, wow, dude, this suit is amazing. So, well, Mark, I want to say I'm inspired by your story too, man. I'm reading through your website. Uh -huh. You've got a pretty cool story too, man. Starting out the photographer and then doing some website stuff and then losing a bunch of weight, man. I mean, that's pretty rad, dude. I mean, I think you're a world changer yourself, man. All right, man. Thanks. Uh, you know, it's like the way I tell people is like, I. People like to talk about what they're doing. I like to show people what I've done. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you could show somebody result, what they can obtain, they were like more likely to take action. Cause right. people, people talk about, talk about, talk about it. It's not going to do anything for you. If you yep. want to change your life, actually change your life, go do something like create podcasts or get yeah. on your website or get, get in touch with you, you know? So absolutely. I, man. I'm all about action, but I appreciate your kind words. I really do. So what what I want to know next is like, let's say in your podcasting, right? You got this person to interview you and then you record it. What, well, how do you go about recording your interviews? Uh, Skype, Zoom, or any other personal preference that you choose? Yeah. So that's a great question. Cause I had no idea what I was doing when I got into this podcast thing. In fact, I didn't even do iTunes or any audio until okay. like six months ago. All I did was upload videos to YouTube. That was it. Oh. It, okay. I, had, I had no idea what podcasting audio wise, how I could get on iTunes or Spotify or anything like that. Um, and I just started uploading videos and the way that I did it was I found, I have a Mac, I'm a Mac user. Okay. Um, I bought a, a software called Ecamm. I think it was like 40 bucks and Ecamm records on Skype. So it records all the Skype and it does a split screen side-by-side -side interview style recording. So I can talk to somebody via Skype. They can see me. I can see them. And then the recording itself would put both of our faces side by side like you would see on a news interview, right? Okay. And so that's how I started doing my show. I, I paid 40 bucks for that eCam. I bought a, like I said, I, at first I just used the laptop camera, but then I upgraded to a $50 uh camera that I found on Amazon. And that was my camera for the, probably the first 120 episodes that I did. And so I use Ecamm. I uploaded to YouTube. I upload to Facebook. Uh, I upload to Instagram TV now. 
And then I also upload a one minute version to TikTok. So I'm, uh, I'm one of those over or close to 40 people, uh, 40 year old per people that are on TikTok um, that upload. <laughs> you know, okay. so there's a lot of hate of like older people on TikTok, but I'll be 40 next month. And, you know, and, but I still love it. I love TikTok. I, I upload to that. I'm starting to gain followers on there. Um, okay. And then I, I post to topredmma.com. How I got into this audio thing was Audible. I'm sorry, Anchor. Anchor mm -hmm. is a, a where you can upload your podcast to, and Anchor will help you or show you how to get your podcast on other sections like iTunes and Spotify and um, all these other like podcast, I guess, arenas, right? And so right. I, I went through that. And then in that process, I started researching like, well, if I can get on the Anchor, where else can I get to? And so I actually started just researching other companies like iHeartRadio. I, it took me two months to get approved by those guys. But my podcast is now on iHeartRadio. I feel oh, pretty wow. good. So I'm like, hey, man, cool. I, and I'm on iTunes and Spotify and you know radio.com and things like that. And so slowly but surely, I'm starting to build up my podcast on these different levels. But you know, like I said, I wish when I had first started that I knew about all these, I probably would have more followers by now. Okay. But you know, here's where it is now, like go out and do anchor. It's free and you can create it. You upload your audio to it and then that's it. They can, you can either keep it on anchor TV or, or uh, anchor site, or you can, and then you can add the iTunes and Spotify and all those other ones uh, later. But they literally say, hey, here's what you need to grab the code off of those sites, drop it in here, and then they distribute it out for you. And so it's really easy and it's free. And I hope that the world of podcasting really does stay that way. Uh, I think Spotify bought Anchor. Yes, I they hope, did. <laughs> right? And I, and I hope they don't change that method of being free. Um, but you never know once corporations get involved, it, that can always change. I don't think they're going to do that because like, in Spotify, obviously, it's a subscription base, right? But now they are becoming a little more popular iTunes in terms of podcasting because their oh. memberships are increasing. So even if they give this platform away, Anchor, for free for a long time, on the back end side, they do make a lot of money. Yes, yeah, that's true. Absolutely. So that works. You know, and, and I think being in podcasting, being in videos, it's open doors for me to become affiliates with companies. So I started having companies reach out to me and say, hey, would you do a video for my product? Would you do a video of this product or you know things like that? And so podcasting has really opened the door for a lot of fun things. I, you know, I've been involved with, you know, I, have, I work with a company called MyMedic, which does the world's best first aid kits. And then uh, Tough and Grumble or Grumble and Tough, I think is the name of the company. Uh, okay. they, they, they do men's luxurious uh, boxers and the most comfortable boxers ever. I would never like reach out to a boxer company and say, hey, can I sponsor you? But they're like, hey, can we send you some free underwear and just do a video? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I'm like, I won't show myself on camera, but I will tell people that I, that I love it. And I do. Right. It's called, yeah, Gruff and Tumble is the name of the company. And um, they're, they're fantastic. And so, like, it's cool because podcasting really does open the door for all mm -hmm. these other opportunities for sponsorships down the road. You know, eventually you get to big enough where you got big companies like Audible maybe paying you a couple hundred bucks or maybe tens of thousands of dollars depending right. on your number of followers, right? Right. Uh Okay, so have you had any? Well, obviously, you have sponsors because you just mentioned the the boxer company sponsors you on it. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you, how do you go about marketing your 
podcast in terms of gaining more followers or listeners? How, how, how do you go about for that process? For me, I've, I've never been a fan of paid advertising. So I've never paid for people to go follow me. Okay. And my, the way that I grab followers, the way that I grab uh, listeners to my show or grab attention to my website is I just connect with people. If people make a comment on anything, most of the comments that I get are positive. I've had a couple quote unquote haters, right? But right. I think that goes with the, you being in business. But I love just connecting with people. So if people message me or if they make a comment, I'm very quick to respond. If I'm not responding to that thing in five minutes or less, then I'm, I get frustrated. But there's obviously times where I'm not able to. If I'm eating dinner with my family, I'm not going to interrupt that. Or if I'm at a movie or something like that, I'm not going to respond to them. But if I'm just out and about, I love to connect with people. So I'm very quick to respond if there's any comments on my posts or anything like that. One thing that I did with Top Rated MMA in 2019 that's really helped me grow my audience is I did a, and I'm still doing, um, I decided at the end of 2018 to do a fighter shout out of the day. Every single day in 2019, I'm shouting out a different fighter from around the world. And literally I say, hey, fighter shout out of the day, go follow this guy on LinkedIn, or I mean on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If he has those three, I put all the links on there. And they probably don't even know who I am, but I happen to catch them on Instagram or happen to catch them on Facebook or something like that. And then when they see they got tagged for Twitter, or, you know, fighter shout out of the day, they go and share that post. They're like, hey, check out Top Raven May. They just gave me a shout out. Well, who are they? Well, I don't know. I'm going to go start following them. And so I started to build up these followers because of that. And so I've done that every single day in 2019. I've got this database of over 500 fighters put together and I do a random drawing every single day and that has helped me grow. So I think if, if you're able to give some sort of value, then that's what brings people to you, right? Whether that's giving, saying, if, if you're just saying thanks to a different company or maybe it's thanks to a different entrepreneur every day, you should be posting something you know, connected, be real with people too. Like if you're not, I, I also, I think it's interesting when there's people that like showed up and they're in their bends and their Jeep and their big old mansions, right? They're just standing outside of some guy's house. It's not really theirs, right? Maybe it is, but like, just do your thing. Be real, man. Like if you're not feeling motivated, tell people like, man, today I woke up, I was struggling to get up. I was struggling to, to want to do this. And people connect with you if you're real. Because right. not, not everybody is 100% on their game 100% of the time. Absolutely. That, that, that goes without saying anybody who's like successful at top level, they'd be like, we have more bad days than we do good. <laughs> Absolutely. <man>. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, all right. So, I, I am like still blown away with this positive energy that you're giving out like i am so glad that you got on this podcast first of all <laughs> it's an honor. It's an honor. <laughs> and uh, if i was in your position where you are now two years from now what one advice would you give me for two ways one is the podcast and another one is the business that will set me on my right path so what one advice would you give Let's just say your older version of you, like, hey, I am here now. And if five years from now, five years ago, if the guy met you, like, hey, how do I get to where you are now faster? What advice would you give that person? Don't fall into this shiny object syndrome. Okay. I fell into that. 
Like, and, and here's what I mean by that, where I wanted to be an entrepreneur so bad that anybody could have pitched me something online. I would go, Hey, I could make $10,000 overnight if I gave this guy 200 bucks. Right. right. It, that sounds cheesy, but if you're desperate enough, you're going to go, I want that. And I fell into that a lot of times over the years. Where I'm like, how much money did I really waste doing stupid programs like that? A lot of money. So my advice would be get focused on what you want. What do you want in this life? What's your why, man? Why do you want to be a podcaster? Why do you want to be a speaker? Figure that out and write it down. If you look at my wall in my office, I have every single day I walk in and there's a post that I created, a vision for my life. There's a vision for my business. And there's a personal commitment that I made to myself every single year I update this. But it's a full page of me saying, I'm grateful for this. And I'm grateful. I'm speaking it into existence. I'm grateful that I'm making this much money for this year. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for this house that I'm going to have next year. And so visualizing earlier on, like if I would have done that two years ago, man, I think I would be way further down the road. But if you're just starting out, man, get focused on what you want to do, whether that's art or if you want to be uh, the head of a manager of a restaurant, you know, like just get focused on that and just be laser focused on, on making that happen. Do whatever it takes and surround yourself with people that are already doing it, right? Because these guys are going to lift you up. They're going to tell you exactly how to do it. Just become friends with people, man. Like, don't try to get things out of people. I never ask for things when I interview people, except for the knowledge that I get out of them from the podcast. Like for me, personally, I grow so much just interviewing people. And that has helped me grow mentally over the last two years. And it's opened my ideas, my, my brain to other ideas of how I can make myself better as a person but also better as a, as a dad, as a father, uh, as a husband. And it's just been amazing. So like I said, just get laser focused on what do you want to do and don't get distracted with the, the, you know, the shiny object syndromes that come at you. That is one amazing hundred percent outstanding advice that I could have used it five years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't tell you how many thousands of dollars I've blown over the last 15 years, man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Eric, I personally genuinely want to thank you for being on this podcast. I know a lot of people who are going to be listening to this is going to be very, 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 very valuable. And once again, if anybody who wants to get around your 120 degree positive energy, where can they come and connect with you? Instagram, Facebook, uh, Eric G. Allen on Twitter. So it's E-R-I-K-G-A-L-L-E-N. That's on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me there. Of course, my business is top rated MMA on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, Man, I would love to connect with people. I love connecting with, with new followers. Uh, I follow back the majority of people that follow me because I'm genuinely intrigued in people and I'm generally intrigued and in, in want to help and inspire people. Um, so Mark, seriously, man, it's been an honor to be on your show today. So appreciate what you did. And don't forget yourself, man. You are a world changer yourself, brother. And uh, man, just keep doing what your thing. Keep doing your thing, man. I right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right.